This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this next conversation here on the Eye on Potatoes podcast. I'm your host, Lane Nordland, and I'm excited to be joined today by a Montana native. He's a Montana State University Bobcat, just like me, and now lives in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Uh, the person I'm talking about is Mr. Mark Klomping. He's president and CEO of the United Potato Growers of America. Mark, how are things shaping up here today in Idaho Falls? Things are awesome. It's a beautiful late spring day. Uh, plantings have all gone uh, very well for the potato industry. In fact, we're pretty much uh, all planted here and uh, had a a little bit of a cooler spring. But uh, other than that, things are great, Lane. And uh, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Well, again, thank you so much uh, for for taking time right before your Memorial Day weekend uh, holiday coming up here. And, uh, uh, of course, I mentioned you are a Montana native and uh, you attended the the Great Land Grant Institution, Montana State University, Go Bobcats. Uh, But uh, you grew up just down the road from Bozeman, Montana, where the university He's at uh, and grew up on a sea potato operation. So your background in the potato end of things is quite extensive. Could you just maybe walk us through growing up in in production agriculture and how you got to your current position with the United Potato Growers of America? Absolutely. Happy to do that. So, yeah, like you say, I grew up uh, uh, roguing seed potatoes on my dad's uh, family farm and uh, moving moving hand line, uh, sprinkler pipe, and, and potato fields, and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it was a uh, uh, terrific upbringing and uh, one of those things you want to trade for the world. And uh, uh, seed potatoes are is a, kind of a big deal in the Gallatin Valley there, like you say, and uh, a lot of folks uh, in the outlying areas around Amsterdam and Manhattan grow grow a lot of seed potatoes in that country and, and still do. So, uh yeah, it was uh, great to grow up there on, on my dad's seed potato farm. And like you say, I went to Montana State University. Uh, my degree was in agricultural engineering. And uh, from there, I kind of went out into the uh, processing side of, of the industry, worked for Lamb Weston uh, for a number of years, uh, starting out my career, and then spent uh, the bulk of my career actually with another processor on the dehydration side, uh, Basic American Foods. And from there, kind of went into more of the uh, – uh, association management. I was with the Idaho Grower Shippers Association for uh, a number of years, and then uh, now to my current role as, uh, as you alluded to, President and CEO of United Potato Growers of America. And they are kind of the, um, I guess you'd say, the um, cooperative arm of the potato industry at the national level is kind of that uh, three-legged stool, of course, with the NPC and the tremendous work they do at, on the advocacy side and the and the lobbying side there in D.C. Of course, have Potatoes USA, who uh, does the marketing promotion side of the national industry, and, and we're kind of the third leg of that on the cooperative grower uh, end of the spectrum for, for the potato growers at the national level. So, yeah. Like I always say, I, I just love hearing about our guests' uh, backgrounds, and especially when they do have that production agriculture background. So many of our listeners can relate to that, or if, if they can't relate to it, they can learn from it. And, uh, of course, your role with United Potato Growers of America, we, we are looking at uh, quite a, a year in, in the rearview mirror in terms of 2020 uh, with the impact that COVID-19 had on the entire industry. Now, uh, looking ahead, 
ahead to 2021. You know, we've we've seen some trade successes as well on the front for new markets uh, for U.S. potatoes, especially on the fresh end of things uh, in in terms of trade with Mexico. But uh, as we look to the fresh market outlook for the remainder of this current shipping crop uh, through the end of July, what is that looking like? How has the year went, and uh, do you expect any major shifts or anything with uh, the current shipping crop? Yeah, absolutely, Lane. Happy to uh, kind of give you our, our views on 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 that. And uh, like you say, this uh, this past year is certainly. Uh, was a new catch word out there, unprecedented, right, and all those kind of things. But uh, what United Potato Growers is kind of looking at for the remainder of the year, we're expecting fresh shipments uh, for this uh, 2020 crop year that we're currently uh, finishing up shipping over the next two months. We expect that to total about 91 million hundredweight. That's 91 million sacks of potatoes. And just to, uh, and, and that's up about 1 million from last year, but to kind of put this all in all in perspective, it'll be the second lowest total that, that will have shipped in the, in the fresh market uh, in the United States since we started keeping records. So that would normally, of course, bode very well for having a very good and, and balanced crop in the demand supply equation. And it would mean very, very fair and positive grower returns. The challenges, of course, uh, as you certainly alluded to, have been, uh, you know, the market disruptions with with the pandemic. Uh, certainly, last year and the and the outset of it, we faced the the food service shutdowns, which completely um, obliterated that sector of the industry. Um, since then, uh, moving into this year and now into the summer, there's there's been some retail fluctuations. Uh, last year, uh, in addition, I should have mentioned as well, we had had some some processing potatoes overflow from their sector into the fresh sector and that uh, of course uh, created some challenges of its own as well but uh, certainly looking at uh, the rest of the year that that total is a very very good and, and balanced uh, I guess we we call it uh, balanced term uh, the, the total for for the shipping year I, I should mention too though the other some other challenges are certainly out there one of which is the um, not only the availability, but also the cost of, of transportation, uh, the trucking side of, of our industry. Obviously, we have to get those potatoes to where the where the people are and where they want potatoes, and so that, that obviously involves trucking. And and both the availability and the cost have been extremely challenging lately, as, as I think every consumer can kind of relate to. So uh, go, going through the end of the season, those are kind of some of the things we're looking at and how we see it kind of playing out. How about any struggles you're seeing on the actual exports, whether it be shipping container issues or, or shipping uh, actual ship uh, issues on trying to transport product, uh, especially across the Pacific? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Lane. And so uh, we're, we're seeing those uh, play out uh, as well. Uh, it's just incredible challenges there uh, in the shipping channels. Now, that does does impact the, the processing sector a little more than it does the fresh, but certainly... Uh, you know, all these potato sectors are very, very symbiotic. Mm-hmm. So what happens in one certainly has an impact in others, but it, it's been a huge impact, especially for, for the processing sector to, uh, you know, not only get ships and containers, but, you know, get them through the, the shipping lanes and, and certainly across the Pacific, as you, as you mentioned. So, yeah, that uh, also a very big challenge. Absolutely. 
Now, Mark, as we look out into our, our, our fields and talk with producers across uh, potato-growing regions, of course, I, I refer to uh, the Gallon Valley since I, I live very close to that. I know a lot of folks that do uh, uh, plant seed potatoes uh, being that uh, part of the sector. What are you hearing from producers as we look at, at this spring's plantings? I know uh, the rain has been different across different parts of our, our planting areas. Uh, I guess what's in store for the 2020? one crop and what are you hearing from producers uh maybe optimism or concerns as, as we get the crop into the ground here this spring yeah absolutely so i'll kind of give you a kind of our overview of what we're seeing across the u.s uh you mentioned the gallon valley <clears throat> excuse me so uh yeah, i'll kind of start there my my old stomping grounds there in seed potato country in montana and one thing that's uh, pretty consistent is, is how many acres the, the folks up there grow and it's uh, been pretty stable for for a lot of years now, and we expect that to uh, to continue. Uh, they've had a had a good planting season. Uh, it's been on the cooler side, like I mentioned, kind of like Idaho here uh, this spring. But uh, certainly the crop went in well, and uh, yeah, it looks to be very stable in acreage. Um, for the total U.S., we're kind of looking at probably a a pretty modest, uh, I guess I would say, increase, maybe maybe three uh, percent or so, maybe four at the most. Um, but much of that is driven by the processing acreage. And with a rebound in that sector, uh, where we're seeing uh, some increases there as the processors come back from the, the downturn, certainly that they experienced through the, through the pandemic. So just kind of keep that in mind that, you know, the acreage increases all I'll kind of mention, and the total U.S. is certainly driven by that that processing sector. But in the large fresh shipping areas, they'll kind of start a little further out east, but out in Wisconsin, um, we expect them to be pretty flat. They've been uh, very stable in the last uh, last number of years, and we expect that to continue for for their acreage. They've had a good spring. They're probably slightly ahead. Uh, maybe maybe a week or so, so not a lot, but pretty, pretty much on time, maybe slightly ahead and probably flat on acreage. Um, out in Colorado, uh, down in the south-central part of Colorado, the San Luis Valley, where most of the potato acreage is grown, uh, they may be looking at a slight increase, uh, probably no more than 2 or 3%, we're thinking. There is some some hemp acreage that uh, was was converted here a couple of years ago that's probably going uh, back into potatoes with some of the challenges that the hemp industry has had down there. So we expect maybe a slight increase here in Colorado. Um, moving over to the uh, Red River Valley up in the North Dakota, uh, Minnesota area where they, uh, for the fresh industry, they grow almost all, all reds and, and yellow potatoes. Uh, we expect that acreage to be flat. Uh, in that area. The Columbia Basin, uh, that's uh, northern Oregon and then central Washington there, uh, there's new processing capacity that's going into the basin there with uh, McCain Foods and, and some others. Uh, we expect their acreage probably to be up um, possibly as much as 9 or 10 percent, but again, uh, that's all driven by the, the processing arena. And actually, on the, the fresh side of the things, um, uh, we kind of expect the uh, continuation of cannibalization of fresh acres into processing acres. So on the fresh side, we probably expect acreage to be be down slightly. Uh, and then turning to Idaho, uh, where where I live and and uh, work, uh, they could also be up slightly, but again, more more driven by the by the processing sector. So. Um, and one of the things that, that you alluded to, Lane, is uh, kind of by 
by sector, you know, how these things kind of kind of lay out. And um, the, the, the other thing beyond total acreage in, in these areas in the fresh sector is really the shift that's happening by variety. So um, by that, I mean there's, there's more yellow potatoes being planted and less red potato acreage going in. That's certainly true in the Red River Valley where there's this shift from, from red acreage to yellow acreage. It's happening in Wisconsin. Even in Idaho, that's that's probably somewhat true, although in Idaho it's probably more that uh, red acreage is, is pretty stable and yellow acreage is just actually uh, up pretty significantly. So, um, yeah, so with the, the continued reopenings in, in food service and some of that pent-up demand out there, we'll We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, some shifts in, in those sectors. But just a couple other things to kind of keep in mind for this coming year, and you also alluded to this, is is some of the uh, challenges with drought. Uh, we've certainly seen this across the western U.S. Um, a lot, uh, especially, uh, for example, in, in Colorado and in Idaho, certainly uh, California. Uh, no secret that they're back into severe drought conditions. But just to give you an example, in, in Idaho here, uh, we had one of the wettest Februarys that we've had in a while, but then along came March and April, and they were the driest uh, March and April period in Idaho since the 1920s. So uh, that's uh, that's been pretty dry ever ever since then, and that is, has continued, and that's pretty much the case throughout a, a lot of the western U.S. The other thing to kind of keep in mind for outlook on you know plantings and, and acreage for this this coming year is the pretty dramatic increases that we're seeing in, in crop input costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously no secret lane, and you've seen it too. And I mentioned you know all consumers are seeing this on the fuel side of things. Uh, that's a big deal for for potato growers. Uh, fertilizer is is up. Nitrogen, uh, in particular, uh, very significantly. Uh, labor continues to be a challenge, and so the cost there uh, goes up. There's there's been advancements in automation certainly, but uh, we st- still use a lot of labor even in the potato industry. So that. Uh, continues to be a challenge as well. So just yeah, some of those things to uh, kind of keep in mind as we as we look at this coming crop year. Oh, and there's there's always challenges no matter the year. But uh, coming off of the pandemic and especially drought, I was talking with one of my friends not involved with agriculture, and they're like, "Well, why, why is there a drought situation? They have all those uh, those round things in the fields, and water just comes out of them." <laughs> And I just uh, kind of shook my head and uh, kind of took a deep breath. And I'm like, well, that water has to come from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Just just like our food, right? It has to come from somewhere. Yes. It doesn't just show up at the grocery store. Some people think, well, that's where it comes from. But yep. it has to come from somewhere, yep. Well, uh, also, what what's the outlook, Mark, as we look for, for the old to new crop transition here this fall? Yeah, so that, that's a good question because that, that's an always uh, always an important time of the year is kind of that old crop to the new crop transition. And it's kind of that, uh, you know, that August-September window. Uh, and it's an important time because it really sets the stage for for the new crop year and, and, the, and the pricing and, and kind of the demand profile and, you know, how many potatoes obviously are coming out of the ground. That sets the stage for that supply and demand equation. But um, we're expecting this year to be a pretty good transition. We, we think Idaho's uh, carryover potatoes from July 31st uh, into August is going to be near normal, maybe even down a little bit. Um, down in Colorado, the other area that has uh, some some significant uh, carryover, they're probably going to be a little bit above normal. 
in terms of their carryover from potatoes, they had a had an excellent crop, uh, large yields, and also a very good quality crop, uh, as Idaho did. But uh, you know that's going to keep the market uh, very well supplied uh, going forward through that transition, and uh, we expect uh, actually a really good smooth transition this year. So yep. Well, uh, thanks for that update. Again, very, uh, very important time of the year. And uh, also, I, I should point out, Mark, that you are the current chair of the United Freshes Government Relations Council. Uh, could you just uh, maybe give us a preview of what United Fresh is and, and, and your role uh, in it, uh, representing the United Potato Growers? You bet, absolutely. So yeah, like you mentioned, I'm uh, currently the chairman of their Government Relations Council. I serve on their on the board of directors for United Fresh. And I think, as you know, I'm sure that you, you've heard uh, they announced, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was announced by each board here, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, I think it was uh, very late March, uh, both United Fresh and PMA, that's the Produce Marketing Association, um, they, they announced the, the merger of those two organizations. And that, that was really a pretty big deal in the, in the produce industry. Um, it's something, you know, that uh, the produce industry probably needed. It's been talked about before. Uh, they got to the doorstep, I think, a couple times. Maybe uh, the last time was uh, eight, eight or nine years ago and just never kind of got it done. But uh, the potato industry... Uh, in particular, really needs a a strong you know produce organization partner, especially there in D.C. to work with. And so, when we look at this merger, uh, we get excited about it on the potato side of things because you know we think it's going to be a positive thing. Uh, a number of our uh, potato uh, producing and supplying organizations are members of both. Uh, now and so ho- hopefully uh, obviously now they'll just be uh, members of one uh, united group there and so um, United Fresh was very well uh, very well respected on the advocacy front and uh, especially there in DC working with uh, Cam and his team there at NPC and we really need that to continue so we uh, that was one of the things as uh, a lot of the board members of United Fresh kind of um, pointed out that we need to definitely continue that strength of, of the advocacy side of that organization to work uh, with uh, other organizations like the National Potato Council. So, um, yeah, the, the things that Cam and his team there at NBC work, work so hard on are often very, very much aligned with the broader produce industry. And so uh, we're looking forward to that being a, a very positive thing. The, the support they got for that uh, by both boards, I think, was virtually unanimous. Um, like I said, you know, a lot of folks have been thinking this is kind of a long time coming and uh, really makes sense with some of the organizational synergies and efficiencies that are uh, that are out there that can be gleaned by this this merger and really to have that unified voice for the for the overall produce industry so yeah and, and maybe just uh, Lane, if I'll give you a little bit of the timeline of that, I think uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure, have, uh, have kind of kind of read about this a little bit. But they're going to remain separate organizations through this current uh, calendar year through 2021, and uh, so all the structures will will stay in place, the boards and everything. But then the new organization will start on January 1st of of 2022, and at that time, 
Tom Stenzel, he's the, the current president and CEO of United Fresh, and then Kathy Burns, who is the current uh, president and CEO of PMA, will they will actually share that CEO role going forward for, for one year. So for the, the calendar year 2022, they will share those duties. Uh, you know, that's always <laughs> potential challenging uh, thing to have co-CEOs, but uh, with those two personalities, we're very, uh, very convinced that they can and handle that, and it'll be be a very positive thing. So, so then after that uh, 2022 year, uh, then Kathy Burns will take over as the as the sole uh, CEO of, of the new, uh, by the way, yet to be named uh, organization. So uh, that that will happen starting in in January of, of 2023, and kind of through this transition time, the, some of the events that they. Um, typically have going on you, you probably read united fresh has has taken their their uh, summer their annual convention which usually happens in june into a virtual format uh, of kind of a month long of some educational uh, tracks and seminars and some of those kind of things so um uh, they'll be doing that for the month of june pma is continuing to have their food service event that they normally have uh, down in Monterey, California, that'll uh, be in late July, and that is, is still scheduled to go forward. And then the the large PMA Expo that always occurs in in late October, of course, is is uh, going on as well. United Fresh also does a a Washington D.C. conference, uh, kind of a fly-in, so to speak, for the produce industry, and that is scheduled to be held in late September, and is still uh, going forward as planned as well. So a lot of those events uh, after. The merger, of course, will uh, be combined in in different formats. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for the rest of this year, that's kind of the transition plan for for some of those events, just to kind of give you a, a sense of that. Well, uh, we look forward to uh, finding out what that new merger name will be, but uh, that'll be out before too long. And and uh, right after that merger becomes complete, of course, uh, Potato Expo 2022 uh, will be kicking off. I don't have the dates right in front of me, but uh, very, very, very soon after that. But again, Mark Klompin, our, our guest here today, really giving us uh, a really in-depth look at uh, old crop, a new crop, and uh, uh, opportunities for the fresh market here in 2021. Uh, any other thoughts you want to leave us with here today before I let you maybe uh, kick up your, 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 your feet and start enjoying that Memorial Day holiday? <laughs> No, I think that's it, Lane. I'm, uh, again, very appreciative of you having me on, and my, my thanks to Cam and the team there at uh, NPC, uh, continuing the great work that they do. And, uh, yeah, just uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you a little bit about the potato markets and how United Potato Growers of America is seeing things lay out here for uh, the, the coming months and, and years. So thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's always great to talk with a fellow MSU Bobcat. So uh, always, always going to be a proud <laughs> MSU alumni there for MSU. Absolutely. <laughs> well, friends, again, Mark Klompin, uh calling in from Idaho Falls, Idaho today, president and CEO of the United Potato Growers of America. For more information on this organization, just visit unitedpotatoesusa.com. Again, Mark, thank you for joining us and uh, have a great Memorial Day and summer here in 2021. And I hope to see you down the road here soon. Thank you very much, Lane. You as well. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us and for our friends tuning in to this edition of the Eye on Potatoes podcast. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Northland. 
For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.